Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. I'm presenting a series of programs on the book of Hebrews, and today's program is a continuation of the previous broadcast. In the previous broadcast, I was speaking about Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 and 6, talking about Enoch and his faith and the fact that the Lord was pleased with him. And I was explaining at the end of the previous broadcast the importance of being able to distinguish the differences between your God walking with you and you walking with your God. I was explaining that it is an important experience for a person to recognize that their God is walking with them in their daily lives. Unfortunately, most people in Christianity do not believe that God is walking with them in their daily lives. And the reason why is because of this notion of fellowship, and that fellowship is only possible between you and your God when you are not sinning. When you are sinning, you are out of fellowship with your God, and then you have to get back in fellowship with your God through some established criteria, through some established procedure in order to accomplish that, usually having something to do with confession and apology and asking for forgiveness, things like that that totally reject the important truth that the Lord Jesus died for all of your sins, and so your God does not hold any of your sins against you anymore. I do believe that continually asking God for forgiveness or asking him for forgiveness, period, is a rejection of what the Lord Jesus did for you on the cross. But when a person can get past that and they begin to recognize that their God is with them and he will never leave you, he will never forsake you, and he will work with you in the midst of your sinfulness... That's important to understand. It's not to say that sin is not evil. It is totally evil. It's wicked. It's horrible. There's no question about that. I will never deny the reality of sin. I will never call something that is sin something besides sin. Sin is sin. That's clearly understood. The point is is to recognize that if he does not work with us in the midst of our sinfulness, if he does not walk with us in the midst of our sinfulness, He will never work with us. He will never walk with us. And finally, when a person acknowledges that he doesn't hold their sins against them anymore, then they can acknowledge his presence in their life. And this is normally then followed up with a new relationship that they can then have with their God. And this is normally experienced as a person walks in their daily life. As you walk in your daily life, You encounter certain circumstances in your life. You're confronted with various situations. And on occasion, you may ask the Lord, who indwells within you, how does he see the circumstances that you are confronted with? And on occasion, he may answer and put something in your heart to express what he sees, what he hears, what he understands, things from his perspective. This is also experienced when a person reads through the scriptures Just as another example, when you read through the Bible and then all of a sudden you recognize that some verse in the scriptures is totally illuminated to you in a way that you have never seen before, in a way that you have never been able to understand before. In some cases, you feel as though somebody snuck in and rewrote the scriptures on you when you weren't looking. 
And when this happens, as this illumination takes place, as this revelation takes place, as the Lord speaks to your heart, you recognize that he is truly with you, that he is walking with you in your daily life. Now, as you mature in his perspective, as you grow to see things through his eyes, as you grow to hear things through his ears, because you are informed, because he teaches you, he guides you, he gives you an increase in understanding, then you begin to see more of what he is doing in the midst of what you are doing. And it's at this point that there is a transition that many people experience from their God walking with them to beginning to walk with their God. This is normally when you make a transition from just simply having your God walking with you to you actually walking with your God in your daily life. And that I consider to be distinct. I consider that to be a difference that is a measurement of maturity. Now, in order to determine whether or not a person is experiencing this, I am in no way going to attempt to try and identify the criteria or the standard or establish some kind of a test in order to determine if this is something that you are truly experiencing or if this is something you just think you're experiencing. I am not the one who is going to be able to evaluate that. I can only testify that there is a reality to this, that this is a real experience that many people have as they mature in their faith. And if it is real or if it is counterfeit is something that you're going to have to deal with between you and your God. I am not going to be able to evaluate that for you. I can't get in between you and your God concerning this because this becomes a personal experience between you and him. But I can say that there is something real to this, that there is a reality to this. And the reason why I say this is because this is what I've experienced. I I have to say that, for the most part, everything that I present on these recordings come from my own personal experience with my relationship with my God. That's all I've got to go on. There are occasions when I present some textbook kind of stuff that I have read or studied from somebody else, but that's very unusual and very hard to find. If you'd like to know where that is, I can usually point those things out for people when they ask. But for the most part, I'm telling you things that I personally have experienced. I am telling you, I'm speaking to you from the bottom of my heart, from what I have experienced with my God in my personal relationship with him. And I can tell you that there is a transition that people experience, that I have experienced. When you begin to see the world through his eyes and you hear the world through his ears and you see his miracles being performed and you see his intervention in the lives of other people, not just yourself. And when you see him working in the world that he has created and that you are simply a participant in this world, just as he is participating He, of course, is participating in different ways, but in the context of being a participant, you are a participant, your God is a participant, and the people around you are participants as well. And when you see him working and you can identify when he is working, then you can begin to appreciate the opportunities that he gives to you to be involved in what he is doing. And when he shows you that you are involved in what he is doing and that you have a small part in the greater work that he has here on this earth that he has made and that you get to participate 
in what he is doing. When you understand that, you begin to make the transition to see that truly it is you who are walking with your God as opposed to him just kind of going along with you in your daily life. And when you see that you are a participant in the work of God, then there is a new revelation concerning your relationship with him and your place here in this world and what your role is here in this world and why he made you to begin with. And when you identify that, when you acknowledge that, then you will see what you will see is that your existence truly is an opportunity to testify of the truth and the reality of who he is. And it is through your testimony of the living God that he is real, that he is alive, that he is actively participating, and in a way that no one else can possibly compare with, when you live as a testimony of who he is, and that to me is the work of God, that to me is the outward expression of an inward faith, that to me is a completion, it is a completion of the work that he does within his people. And it is through that that he will be pleased with you. He will be pleased with you because of your testimony of him, and it is a real testimony as a secondary reaction of your relationship with him as you are a participant in what he is doing. That is something that I think is easy to duplicate in the flesh, but that this duplication, this counterfeit, is unique, it is different from the real thing, that there is a real thing that can only be experienced by an individual child of God, And only a child of the living God would truly be able to distinguish between that which is counterfeit and that which is real. And so, again, I have to defer to your personal experience with your God and allow him to guide you and lead you concerning this. I can only testify of the reality of it, but I am not the one who can confirm the validity of it in your life. That is something that the Lord has reserved for himself, and he has not shared with anyone, especially not me. This is what I was talking about when I was ending the previous broadcast. But in this program, I'd like to ask you a different question. I'd like to ask you something aside from this that's kind of related to it, but I'll come back to that in a few minutes. I'd like to ask you, why would you want to please God? That's another way to look at this situation or this subject at hand. Why would a person want to be pleasing to God? It's a very important question to ask. When you ask this question, which I have done, I've asked this question of many people, then it's important to recognize the answers. For example, one of the most popular answers that I've heard, why would someone want to be pleasing to God, is to say that this will then be an opportunity for him to bless them. I want to be pleasing to God because he will bless me in return. This is a very important response that people often give to this question, and it's a legitimate response in a certain way, only because in the law of Moses and also in the law that was revealed through the Lord Jesus, as you study it very carefully, you can see that the Lord will bless you in response to your obedience and repentance, and so it's easy to assume the connection between he is then pleased with you, so he will bless you. I personally don't see that. I personally see it as payment in terms of wages for work done, not having anything to do with him actually being pleased with you, but simply providing you with wages for work. I think that's very different. But some people do perceive it that way, 
I honestly don't see any evidence that he has ever said that he would bless you because he is pleased with you. Instead, I see that he has already blessed us because of what he has done and that he is pleased with what he did through the Lord Jesus, certainly not because of what we have done out of our own desire to be repentant or obedient. But there are other responses that people have given to this question of why would you want to please God. Uh, Some people respond by thinking that he's going to love you more that he will love you more if you are pleasing to him. He can love you more if you are pleasing to him. There are, of course, many other reasons why people would want God to be pleased with them. Another reason is is because if he is pleased with you and he is not pleased with somebody else, and of course, you can feel better about yourself versus other people. You can compare yourself with some other people, and if that's the case, then you can condemn these other people very actively and very aggressively even, or very peacefully. Either way, you can condemn others. You can assert yourself as having greater value than other people. Through comparing yourself with other people and believing that he is pleased with you and not with them gives you a wonderful opportunity to have a tremendous amount of pride. And I think that out of the desire of the flesh, many people would like God to be pleased with them so that their flesh can be indulged out of the pride that would be developed through that belief. But the point is, is that there are many people who truly want to be pleasing to their God, and there are reasons why they want to be pleasing to their God. But let me say this, and that is that for the most part, the reasons why people want to be pleasing to their God have to do with the concerns of their flesh more than anything. It normally has to do with the desires that they have to be blessed in the flesh here in this life that they have right now, Or in some cases, people are looking for rewards in heaven, that they can receive rewards in heaven because they have been pleasing to God. But that also can be out of the desire of their heart to esteem a greater sense of pride and not necessarily have anything to do with wanting to be a participant in what God is doing, but instead only wanting a piece of the action for their own personal benefit so that they can esteem some sense of value or pride as a result. That's an important thing to understand when it comes to this question of why would you want to be pleasing to God? In many cases, people want to be pleasing to God because the end result is pride. And that can be a very powerful motivator because we have a desire in our flesh to have an increase in our pride. And so that's why these things can be so attractive to people. Many people have been so bold as to say things like, God has made you, he made you, so that he could be pleased with you. That's why he made you. And so you better start getting your act together, and so you function in a way that will be pleasing to him. Otherwise, he might be so disgusted with you, he might dispose of you, as opposed to pulling you out like he did with Enoch, that he gave Enoch as an example of the fact that you could be so pleasing to God that he'll just take you out of here so that you don't have to experience any pain or suffering anymore, so that you don't have to experience the world anymore, but you can actually be a participant in the things of heaven Right now, he'll be so pleased with you, he just won't be able to contain himself. He'll have to eject you out of here and bring you into his presence as soon as possible. That's what a lot of people believe. It really is. And I I hate to say it because I, I don't think that it's a good thing to believe. But unfortunately, I have met a number of people, quite a few people, who believe that inherently within their beliefs, that they believe that they exist for the purpose of pleasing their God. Now, I understand that there is some value in recognizing that he is pleased with us. And I don't want to discredit that or discount that in any way whatsoever. But what I do want to say in light of that is that I personally have no interest in pleasing my God. 
Now, there are many ways that people can take that, and so give me a chance to explain myself. But I want you to understand that from my own personal perspective, I have no interest, I personally have no desire to be pleasing to my God. I certainly do enjoy the fact that I am pleasing to him because of what he has done. And I'm very thankful. I'm very thankful for the fact that he is pleased with me because of what he did on my behalf and that he can actually do that. And I want you to know that I am eternally grateful for that and I'm very humbled by that in a very profound way. However, that is not really what I want. I don't really want to just be in some position with my God in such a way that I'm just pleasing to him, that he is pleased with me, that he's happy with me, that he's thankful that I'm in his life. That's not what I really need. I mean, I can appreciate those things, don't get me wrong, but what I need is something else. I need him. I need him for who he is with me. That's what I really need. I don't need him to just be excited about me. I really need the fullness of who he is. I really need his presence in my life. I really need him to show me what he sees. I really need to know the world that he has made and how he sees it. And I really need to know what he is doing. And I really want to be a participant in what he is doing. I don't really want him to just kind of be a part of my life and have his place and have his opportunities whenever I grant him the privilege of being able to be a part of my life. I, I don't want any of that. I don't want to have anything to do with that. I truly, I truly want to be involved with him. And I want to be in his presence. I just want to be with him and I want him to be with me. And I don't care if he's pleased with me or he's disgusted with me just as long as he's with me. That's what I need. I need the fullness of who he is. From what I can understand, that's how he made me. He made me to have this desire. And I'm very thankful for this desire. And I'm very thankful for him who will fulfill it. And I'm very thankful that he has made the provision so that he can, he will, and he does. And I only pray, I pray continually, that I will always be attentive to this need and this desire that I have and acknowledge that only he can fulfill it. It's those times when I forget. It's those times when I look away from who he is and I look away from what he is doing and I look away from his way of life and the things that he is involved in. I get so preoccupied with the things of the world sometimes just because of the circumstances of life that I have to deal with on occasion that it's easy for me to forget these things and I can easily fall into sin as a result. But I don't want to pursue that. I truly want to pursue him for who he is. And to be pleasing to him is not the real issue. Now, I do believe that he is pleased with me because I believe him, because I trust him, and because I hold to the truths that he has revealed, that that is pleasing to him. And I don't think that I can be any more pleasing to him when it comes to that. I don't really know what that would look like. Perhaps in time, as he matures me more, I will come to see what that could be. And if there is something more, then I would be very thankful for him to reveal that. And perhaps he will before I physically die. But in the meantime, this is an important issue that I, I want to express, that I want you to think about. I want you to really ask yourself the question, why would you want to be pleasing to God? Because honestly, I think that if there is any reason why you would want to be pleasing to God, I think you've got a false premise. I think you've got a false pursuit. 
I think you've got some issues that you really need to work out, and I think you need to recognize that there's something more going on here than just you, that this truly is all about him. And it's more important for you to be a part of him and for him to be a part of you than to deal with whether or not he's pleased with you or disgusted with you or blessing you or rewarding you or any of these things. Look, there is no greater reward than your God. I really believe that. And in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that's what I see. And that's why I took a few minutes to express this in this way, which is the best way that I can personally express it. And so if you're not understanding what I'm saying, I can only ask you to perhaps listen to this program again and maybe a, a, a third time or a fourth time and, and, and ask the Lord to speak to you concerning the words that I am saying that maybe he can express something to you that I cannot. But in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, please pay attention to this. It is written, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Now, I realize that most people believe that him being a rewarder is this opportunity for you to be blessed and rewarded in heaven for all the works you did or be blessed today for the works that you have done or for the faith that you have expressed. I just don't see that here. I don't see any of that here. What I see is that he is a rewarder of those who seek him and that the reward, please pay attention to this, The reward is Him. He is the one who is the reward. Those who seek Him will be rewarded when they find Him. There is no greater reward than your God. Please listen to this again. And without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is. If you believe that He is... Search for him. Seek him out. He's there. But he has presented himself and he has made himself available to people here in such a way that only those who want to find him can find him. And everyone else will not find him. So if you will search for him, it may take time and it may take cycles of believing things that are not true and then having those things corrected and believing other things that are not true and having those things corrected. These are cycles that everyone goes through as far as I can tell. I don't know of anyone who has started with the absolute truth and has always lived with it. I don't I don't know anyone like that personally. Even if I did, I would consider that person to be quite an anomaly. But the importance that I want to convey right now, the importance of what I want to convey is that he is the one who you are to seek. And if you are seeking him, then don't expect a reward that's separate from him. I mean, that's like saying, I'm going to seek after God so that eventually he will reward me with one of his cows. I mean, what kind of what kind of seeking is that? That doesn't make any sense at all. Or I am seeking after my God so that I can have a bigger mansion in heaven or so that I can have more rewards in heaven so that I can boast about these rewards in heaven. I can maybe make you feel a little bit envious of me because I, of course, was you know a better Christian than you were. What is that? That means absolutely nothing. That means nothing in comparison with what is meaningful. Look, you must start with the fact that you recognize that he is. And once you acknowledge that, search for him. And once you search for him, 
He has made a way for you to find him. And that is the reward. If you're searching for him, you find him. And when you find him, it doesn't mean you find one of his cows or or something else, some kind of reward or blessing. It's him, folks. It's him. And so be rewarded when you have found him. He is your reward because that's who you truly need. You were created by your God so that only he could meet the needs of your heart. My friend, he created you to be empty without him so that you would live your life pursuing fulfillment for the emptiness that you've got with hope that you would eventually search for him who is the only one who can truly provide you with peace and rest in your soul. And he will do that. He does that. He is the only one who can. He reserves this power only for himself. No one else, nothing else can ever fulfill this. You are created by your God in such a way. And when he saves you, when he resurrects you from the dead, and you become one of his children, then you're crying out to him, saying, Lord, I need you. Where are you? You are the only one who will meet the needs of my heart. You are the only one who will fulfill me. When he hears, you cry out to him. He knows that you are looking for him, and he enjoys the thrill of you actually finding him. When you search for him who you know exists, he's also searching for you in a similar way. He hears your cry, and he reaches out to you, with all that he has, so that you can eventually find him. And when you do, he is pleased. He will be pleased with you when you find him, if he is the one that you are actually looking for. But if you're looking for him to bless you in your flesh, or if you're looking for him to provide you with more of whatever in heaven, then that's not really looking for him. That's looking for the things that he may be able to provide But that really isn't looking for him who is your God. When your faith is expressed in your daily pursuit of him, he will be pleased. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 383-53, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80937. Or use the donation link on our website, livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net